Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is that you're listening or watching this latest episode of Turfcast Podcast with me, Joe Evan, and my good friend, Simon Townley. How are you doing, mate? You all right? Good, thank you, mate. You? Yeah, I'm all right. It's the first time you've not took the piss out of my intro for about three months. I will. I'm just waiting for you to come up for air. I'm going to remark on the, uh, I love the eyebrows when it's all watching. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got to, I've got to emphasise. If you're still listening on the podcast and you're not aware that you can watch us now, you can watch us in two different mediums: YouTube and Facebook on Friday nights. So I'm just, just emphasising that. But how you been, mate? Oh, good, mate. We're best. We can't waffle too much this week, though. Why can't we? Because Adam Rowland will text me saying, "I've spent ten minutes listening to Simon find a shirt," and I'm so we don't. Yeah, what about the poll last week from you? You just fucked off halfway through intro. Oh no, I need to get a shirt. Oh, that's bad radio. Bad radio. Um, No, I'm good, mate. Thank you. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm all right. What have you been up to? You've been to uh, Players Hotel today, haven't you? Obviously, we're recording this on Wednesday. Um, Wednesday night, we are playing Manchester City in the Carabao Cup. Obviously, this goes out. Afterwards, so we won't talk too much about that game. But you've seen, who did you see today? Just louts, just louts today. Yeah, um, just bedding myself back into sort of that getting that rhythm. It's just, it's easy enough carrying all your gear when you when you're fully fit, but not so much when you're not. So just trying getting my my head back into it all of it. How is friend of the podcast Matt Louton? Yeah, he's good, mate. Everyone's buzzing. Everyone seems happy. Like seen. Did a few of the lads today, so that were that were nice to sort of catch base, and I were in my wheelchair and stuff, so that were a new oh, experience you got for me. Times, yeah, but you got stopped a few times. Yeah, we were all right. nice. Sorry, we were like everyone can't help you enough type of thing, especially the players are really sound. Like, Ashley Barnes walked me to the match room to make sure I got there safe. <laughs> what a lad! What a lad, Barnes! 
Um, but yeah, obviously, like I said, friend of the podcast, Matt Lawton. If you haven't already or you're new to the podcast, we did interview Matt during lockdown. Uh, you can find it on YouTube and you can find it on your podcast provider. Um, it is on there somewhere. Just search Turfcast Matt Lawton. I'm sure you'll find it. If oh, not, send him a message. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I asked him that and, and he did tell me what it were, how it pronounced. It, I tell you whose fault that is. Phil Bird. I always called him Lawton until Phil Bird started calling him Lawton. Now I always call him Lawton. So oh, Johnny Phil, Tate will be fuming. Johnny Tate's always fuming. Johnny Tate's always in fact we, we, and Johnny that's another person we, who got annoyed this week. He said Roland got annoyed because he had to listen to you waffle for 10 minutes and go and find a shirt. Johnny Tate said, Oh, slag me off, and I'm not there to defend myself. So I'll take that back, Johnny. Uh, I'll take that back. Uh, but before we um, get into the nitty-gritty of discussion of the podcast, I uh, just want to mention our sponsors, Pitch Sports. Please check them out if, if you haven't already. You can download them on the App Store, the Google Play Store. It's sort of like a fan, sort of like interaction, sort of app where you can talk to other fans, other teams, choose your teams, choose predictions, that sort of thing, and and give your ratings after the match. Um, but one more thing I do want to chat about before we get into discussions is the watch-along on uh, Saturday night. You hosted it for me. Saturday, Saturday. Yeah, I did all right, mate. I enjoyed it. Did you, did you enjoy it? Yeah. I think it's a lot. Not easier, it's definitely not easier because obviously you do it, but I think it's a lot sort of easier to follow the momentum when you're actually hosting it as opposed to being a guest. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, obviously, yeah, I'm watching the comments coming in and stuff. Well, obviously, you were on Saturday, but the host, should I say, is watching the comments coming and things like that, so you know where you're going to go with the next sort of like direction, yeah. discussion, things like that. Whereas when you're just sat there and stuff and you're throwing questions at you, like, um, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I enjoyed it, mate, actually. To be fair, I, I felt the pressure prior getting it right. We nearly missed the uh, start of the game because I didn't have the correct login details because it sent a bloody two-factor authentication for logging in. Fucking piss take. But, uh, yeah, no, we got it done. I enjoyed it. Me and JC. Happy days. Uh, if you did watch the watch-along, obviously, it was Simon's first time hosting. Uh, let us know how you think Simon got on um, because, like you said, Simon was nervous. I thought you did well, though, mate. Thanks for doing it. Thank you. Oh, thanks I for having me. I, um, I was going to use it again this weekend, but I'm, uh, I'm not working now, so... If, if you liked the watch-along with Simon, unfortunately, I'm back this weekend. If you prefer me, then good news, I'm back this weekend. But Simon will be on it again, probably. I've not even asked you yet. Are you, are you free Saturday night? Uh, yeah, should be, mate. Should be good. We don't do all, do we? This is pretty much what we do. This is pretty much it. Um, but, yeah, thanks for doing that. Right, let's get into the um, in the chat then. The main news this week is obviously James Tarkovsky. According to Alex James from Lanks Live, who brought the news yesterday, which uh, is Tuesday this week, is now staying at Burnley Football Club as Leicester um, weren't prepared to meet Burnley's valuation. And now they've gone and signed somebody else, that Wesley Fafana from St Etienne. So good news for Burnley uh, that he's staying at the club. Massive news, massive news. We said, I mean, what, what was it, four episodes, maybe three episodes ago, you asked what would be the ideal situation in this scenario and ours would be to keep him till at least January and, and sort the problems out before we end up with no player and every club in England knowing that we've got 40 million in his pockets to spend. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this is ideal for Burnley fans, ideal for Burnley as a club. Uh, whether we learn from that and, and get this player in that we, we're speaking about now and not a particular player, by the way, if anyone's thinking I know something, I'm on about that. If we go and get a centre-half in that we need, whether that happens, that's that's another debate now, isn't it? I know Alex James also put in his article that Burnley will not look to sign a centre half now this window because they're they're happy with with Dunn being first backup now. Essentially, I mean, I'm happy with Dunn being first backup. That's fair enough. But are you happy with Tarky does go in January when 
injuries kick in because that's that for me was always going to be a serious concern. I said it in three, four podcasts ago that that's more likely for me that if we're going to lose him any time, if we can try and keep hold of him until then, that'd be amazing. But I do think he'll definitely probably go by then because that's the time where panic buys happen and people start replacing injuries and flops and etc. But yeah, I think we should definitely, definitely get somebody in. Well, I said, same as you, four episodes ago, the first episode of season two, that even if Tarky stays, I would like someone else to come in. If you're up to me, I'd think, right, thanks for your 11 years here, Kevin Long. You're not good enough. Um, it's time to move you on. You can play a top-half championship, probably mid-table championship side quite easily. We'll bring someone else in from Forest, from Preston or whatever, like one of these centre-backs that we're apparently interested in. Bring them in as like your main sort of like... Um, back up to the to the to the front two in Tarky and Ben Mee and get Jimmy Dunn just sort of like ticking along and and then maybe this time next year Jimmy Dunn will be ready uh, and if someone leaves in January then the new lad will be ready. You basically need someone to replace Ben Gibson. For yeah, me, I still. mean, I'm still not uh, against having Longy at the club uh, as well because look at look how sparse we are with two injuries. It's just it's a joke how scary it becomes. So yeah, I, I'm not averse to keeping him and getting another younger. Sort of projecting uh, another Gibson. Granted, Gibb Gibson didn't work, but yeah, it works. It's in all forms of life. Not everyone fits the mold or, or the the employment. You know what I mean? It's just sometimes it doesn't work. And but the idea was correct, and I think that Burnley need to sort of remind themselves that the idea was there for a reason. Yeah, I mean, like I, I think I, th- I think the club do know deep down. I just think they're trying to probably strengthen in other areas. I think that's the problem now. I think I think maybe with Wilson coming in, which we'll get onto a bit, but not coming in definitely, I'm just potentially coming in again before someone accuses me of knowing anything. Um, I think they're going to look at strengthening other areas rather than centre-half. But um, yeah, I think I agree with that. The Gibson deal was, I gave him a lot of stick on here and, and I stand by what I said. But it, at the time, bringing him in, he was a quality defender who'd done well with Middlesbrough. He even got on the England side, which is something at the minute apparently Tarkovsky can't do. And Ben Mee's never done. Um, so, with the right thing to do, it just didn't work out. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think we need to do it again. Yeah, 100%. Um, Where else do you replace that? They say that we need to look at other avenues or other potential sort of areas that we need to strengthen. I can't think of any strengthening, particularly needed more than what we what we mentioned then, to be honest with you. Uh, I'd say a winger still. I think I still think with the amount of injuries that Brady and JBG get. If Brady and JBG were just not made of glass and didn't constantly that granted none of them have of um JBG especially his injury this this year wasn't anything that his own fault. Uh, I think Brady as well, that were an impact injury. Um but I think if them two were just always available, then I'd probably be fine with, with centre with, with wingers as well. But I think at the minute with with the, their injury record, I think we need to bring a, ring, a winger in. Um, I, that's probably it, though. Um, I know a few people still want another centre half, but I think we're we're all right in that area now. With Westy and Brown, my preferred choice, Jack Corker's back up, and if then we've got Benson and, and and Stevens as well now, obviously. So I like um, Benson. We obviously had a few questions last week, but I played really well since uh, in that Millwall game, especially. We really yeah. Like I said, I, I watched Benson and Glennon last year. Um, play for Grimsby and they were, they both bossed the game or at it with League 2 and it's a massive step up to the Premier League of course it is but they both look really really good I like Glennon and I like Benson as well I've, I've um, one thing that I haven't written down on the running order actually um, which I'll quickly go on to now because I've just mentioned his name Dale Stevens. I'll be honest with you 
Off, I, I, I forgot he were playing in that game. He, he were very quiet and he got a lot of stick. But I know I said he were quiet, but I'm going to stick up for him again. He like he was signed what the day before and then thrown into a completely new team and things like that. So I kind of feel a little bit sorry for him that he got a lot of stick. But what what do you think? How do you think he got on in that game and stuff? Yeah, I think he was absent in the game. I think it's difficult to anyone can understand if you go on for the playing a five-side team with a team you've never played before. It's not it's not as instant as that, is it, sometimes? You've got to learn the way it works. And I'm sure his fitness is nowhere near where it, it probably should be, um, even if he thinks he is fit. But I, I'm, I'm still excited by the fact that we've got depth coming in, even if he's not to be the first team. But I did say last week, I think he's here to play first team. Um, and it, it seems apparent that from Dash is moving players around to keep him yeah. in the middle. I were a little bit. I, I weren't annoyed that Stevens played. I was annoyed that Browner was moved out wide. You are wasting Browner. I think Wester and Stevens are far too similar. They're too similar players. Get Brownell in the middle. If you want to play Brownell and Stevens, then that's fine. That's a different debate. I still think West is better. I'd rather have Wester there, but you are basically taking out the most creative centre off when you take out Brownell. He's been class so far this season, and he's been brilliant. And Westie and and Stevens for me are too similar. So I think for me. Your Westie and your Brown has got to be your first choice, and after that is Stevens. But yeah, I think I agree with you. Looking at what Dyche did, I think it's probably going to be back to the cautious approach of two defensive-minded midfielders and Brownell out wide. Yeah, uh, again, I, I can't disagree with that at all. I think Brownell should be should be in the middle where he's causing the most danger for for us, and he's doing a job defensively. It's not like he's absent from defence; exactly, he's still yeah. doing that job. Uh, that's like. Dwight that season, that first season didn't even do any defensive work. That's like saying, well, we won't play him left midfield anymore. You know, sometimes you've got to leave him in that role to develop their skills. And I don't think that putting him on the left is, is a benefit to Burnley, really. Yeah, obviously, we're talking about the Burnley-Southampton game. Just before we go into that in a little bit more detail, I just want to go back to the talkie staying thing to mention something I forgot to mention. Um, as I did say, Alex James from Lanks Live, friend of the podcast also, um, he was the one that broke it, I believe, um, that talk is staying. Now, I've asked Alex to come on the podcast, but he was too busy to come on today. Um, so I am going to try and interview him tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm going to try and interview him tomorrow. Uh, it'll be a standalone piece. However, he's, he's not 100% certain that he can do it. He's got a press conference with Daesh and stuff in the morning or whatever. Um, so fingers crossed he can do it. If you are listening to this on Thursday or, or Friday morning or whatever and you haven't seen the, um, the interview, um, it should be coming out. Friday night or Saturday morning again, depending oh, on when I'm going to do it. Um, so please keep your eyes out for that. But anyway, Burnley nil, Southampton won second Premier League defeat of the season out of two games. What did you make of the game? Mate, it, it was it was horrendous in, in parts. It were we've come out with some sort of game plan. I still didn't get a chance to work out what that game plan was. But um, as soon as they scored, the game was almost come at us, come on, we can sort you, we can defend you. And that's what they did. And, you know, apart from that one save that from the Charlie Taylor left back way, he's going to cross it. I mean, that was one that I thought, that's definitely him. And then there was the offside that, for me, was never offside. And then all of a sudden, I saw the replay and all that. Oh, yeah, fair but um, that, at that point, I remember thinking, how how are we still getting beat here? And so the creativity is there. The problems that we have were, were apparent before and they were apparent during that game. It, it was this defensive part. Another day, you wouldn't have let that goal in no. with Tarkey and me. You wouldn't have no. let it. You wouldn't have let it in with Tarkey no and Dunn, I don't think. But 
it just you can't have two centre halves that haven't never played together that don't even play first team regular. I just it doesn't work. Um against the Premier League side, against a Danny Ings who's scored so many goals in the calendar year. It's, it's a joke. You know what I mean? He's, he's an England international striker playing against two inexperienced players in that together anyway, in the together role. I do think that, like you said, we created half chances, but it was the problem we're conceding so early on and made it a different game. Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I agree with parts of that. Like Basically, that if we wouldn't have conceded that goal we're talking, Ben Mee, there was literally zero chance that that would have happened. Um, but I think without talking, with talking Ben Me there, it'd probably finish nil nil. Obviously, you're saying we created chances and mm. stuff. Like you say, I think you picked out. I didn't watch the entire game, so I was driving back. I watched the second half. Um, unfortunately, that very rarely happens when I'm at work when Burnley playing. Uh, it's not going to happen too much this season, hopefully. Um, but the first half, I did listen on Talksport. Sounded horrific. We weren't creating anything. Um, Southampton had the majority of the ball. Second half, we came into it a little bit and we did start creating chances. But obviously, the two, the, the chance that you're talking about with the offside, I think, was in the first half, wasn't it? But they're just the two things that you can think of that I can no, think of. Second half, I think. I think. Yeah, well, was it? I must have been late in this, uh, early in the second half or something then. But, but for an entire ninety minutes, them two chances, half chances as well. One of them offside, fair enough, but the other one, the Charlie Taylor one, half chance. It's not, it's not enough creativity there for me. You've got to be doing more. And I think the reason why it's not, we, we, we didn't create much is, like you say, Southampton scored early, so then it's just they don't have to do anything. Then it's just right, sit back and you come at us. When we do that, we get slagged off the foot. But when Southampton do it, it's game management. But that's a different debate. But they just sat back and it were up to us to take the game to them, and we never did. And I think a large part of that. Is Dwight McNeil was quite poor. Now, I'm not going to start slagging him off left, right and centre, but he has had a poor start to the season as Dwight McNeil. And I think the problem with that is we are too reliant on him now. So yeah. when he's poor, we're poor going forward. I agree with the relay a bit, 100%. I think that people are watching him, they know what to expect from him now. And unfortunately, we, we start most of our moves through that left-hand side with Charlie Taylor and uh, Dwight. It's either one or the other. But that's why you need to keep your brown hills in the middle and keep that creativity coming from different yeah. sort of directions. Uh, for me, yeah, I, I don't disagree with most of that. I think we can look better up front than we did, but we still created two half chances against a side that didn't want to concede. Uh, and that's all they were focusing on. Let's not concede now. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not getting my head down in the sand yet. I think the, the real kick in the balls for me was... I knew the problems. We got beat. Fair enough. Let's move forward. But when the camera kept panning to the substitutes, who were just sat there with the courts on in the Bob Lordstein with Dash having no intention of using anyone. I mean, I know there was only two players that can come on in Eric Peters and Lawton. Really, first they're the first two people that you're going to bring on. But Peters can play in a number of roles. Um, and then Lawton can play in a number of roles that we know of. He played centre midfield for Sheffield United when he was there. He played yeah. right... Right wing. Well, he's, so, he's got a whip on him, hasn't he? Yeah. And, and so, he's got an absolute whip on him. So I'm sure you could stick him in right mid for the last 10 minutes against Southampton when you're pushing for a goal. But like you say, I think Dash had no intention of doing anything. They weren't even warming up. That, that for me, was the more frustrating thing of the whole game was that the, it was as if to say, I'll take this defeat to make a point sometimes. That's what it feels like anyway. Yeah, I was going to say that. He's, he's clearly making a point there, isn't it? Sometimes it feels like that, yeah. But it's, it's one of them now. It's like we're two games into a 38-game season. How many times is he going to make a point? If he does it for the next two games and we're four games into a 38-game season, that means there's only 34 games left. The Premier League is a very harsh league. We're going to end up being 
um, the two, next two games as well, which we'll get into in a little bit, are big games against teams that we can pick up points against. But we'll get into that soon. So, is he? How, how often? How often is he going to make a point? We could end up being relegated because Dash is making a point early on in the season here. Yeah, I mean, I, I still dare say we've done we've done a lot worse. Mind you, we don't know where we're going to end up yet, but we've done a lot worse sort of starts to a season where I've been more concerned of relegation. I just. It all depends on this sort of thing now. The first, Dash said itself, the first 11 sets a completely different precedence to the way we go in our season. And and I can't disagree with that. That is 100% factual. The, the, our first 11 is a different kettle of fish to deal with. It's just stop letting it get to this point, to the board I'm talking like Stop letting us get to Jeff Hendricks leaving on the free. And I'm not going to keep regurgitating because it's boring to fucking talk about now. But stop letting us get to this panic station every single season we have this sort of little blip and it's only because of the levens mentality that we've got that we we managed to kick ourselves out it go on a bit of a 10 game run but how long can you rely on hoping for a 10 game run with without getting beat you can't do that every year you have to have some sort of what's what's what consistency you have to have some sort of consistency in the premier league you can't just rely on a good run to save you every year or to give you a good place in the finish Going back to that thing about, I mean, I agree with you, but going back to that thing about um, our first 11 as well, obviously Dice said that in his post-match interview, didn't he? Where uh, yeah. he basically called Garlic to have action. And now it's got to that, that time of times even what you're saying there about learn from your mistakes because it is the same thing every single season. Not This has been the worst it's been under Garlic anyway and under Dice because... They'll blame COVID, of course they will, but because so many players left. Like normally, you don't necessarily mind. I don't necessarily, personally, I don't necessarily mind too much that we don't sign people until later on because that's when a lot of the business is done. Everyone knows that's a bit of a cliche. But this time it was different because this time they let a lot of first team squad members leave. Jeff Hendrick, Joe Hart, Aaron Lennon, you know, all left. And I know people, I know uh, Jeff Hendrick probably started more games than he didn't last season. If that's wrong, I'm sure someone will throw a stats at me. And I know the other two were. were used off the bench in Lennon's case or obviously start of the season and, and uh, previous season, I think like that in Joe Hart's case, but they're still first team squad members. So you, they, they need to be oh, replaced. Yeah. If they're leaving, they need to be replaced nice and early. You can't, you can't let off you like three or four first team squad members leave. And then in August, sorry, September in this case, because I keep forgetting about COVID, um, still not be bringing anybody in. So yeah, I, I, I agree with that. You, you, Garlic and Core, if they're still here, this time in six weeks or next season, whatever, need to learn from this mistake and make sure it doesn't happen again. Oh, which well, is whether that happens. Of, yeah, which, which which is a case of as well now, because another debate that people have spoke about on the socials this week is there's about, what is it, 12 first-teamers out of contract next summer? Now, West has been, been tied down to a contract, so that's good. But we're going to be in this position again next year now if action isn't taken. So that action that Dash is on about, where he's on, he's on about like bring players in, yeah, action, do that. Of course, do that. But also, sign, sign these people down to contract extensions. Else, again, you're going to have six people leaving this time next year. Sorry, the same time next year that Hendrick and that left. I don't, I don't care. If you think that players aren't good enough to be here, so you're going to run their contracts out, that for me is the wrong way to do it. Because if you want them here... And you want to sustain a Premier League position, people that have they've always got what one eye on the fact that their contract's ending next year. Whether it be I don't want to get injured, whether it be I don't care if we get relegated because I could probably get a new club, or whether it be simply I want to know my my own security, but for personal reasons, etc. You have to get this shit sorted for for the mental team 
sort of well-being really you can't just leave it all to chance and thinking yeah yeah we'll sort it we'll, you get it sorted early on everyone knows where they stand and you'll probably see a, a, a much better unit going forward yeah i agree with that um speaking of like players coming in and things like that or players needing to be brought in um obviously as players coming back from injury uh, and obviously, you spoke about uh, first teams and stuff coming back. So this week, we have seen Tarky back in training. Um, which that whether that's him back in training because the Leicester are interested, or him back in training because his toes healed. We've all had that debate whether or not we believe it or not. But that's we and we had that debate last week about whether or not it's just him down in tools or people around him sort of like saying we Burnley could have said we want fifty mil for you, you ain't playing. His his agent could have said, hold on, I want ten million in my back pocket. Tarky could have said, ah, fuck it, I don't want to play. We'll never know. We'll never know. Unless, Tarky, you come up podcast when you're retired if you want. Um, I've, I've done a good video of you today, mate, so deal's a deal, yeah? Um, yeah. So, yeah. So we've got Barnsley coming back as well. We've got Ben Mee coming back from his star injury. Who else was there? JBG and Brady both, both in the warm yeah. Fingers crossed, this time after the international break, which is when Jay's apparently going to be back, we're going to be back to full strength. Hopefully, yeah, I mean... No, no club should. Every club is suffering this same problem. By the way, it's not just those like us. It's just that we're not de- built to deal with this situation. Man City are complaining about it. Uh, Mourinho's even complaining about it, which is no shock to anybody. But uh, mm. it, they're all complaining about the congestion of fixtures. We know it's coming. Everyone's problem got a problem with it, but everyone who's fighting relegation is dealing with it. You know what I mean? Look at Villas. I think, I think they got Ross Barkley in today, uh, Wednesday. <laughs> That's fucking ridiculous. What a signing that is for a season-long loan. What a signing that is. These are the t- they're dealing with that problem. They're getting season-long loans in. If we cannot afford it, get the loans in, mate. I, I mentioned it last week. There's there's three huge clubs, one hour away from ours. They won't even have to move out to come and be on loan here. Uh, deal with. It. As much as as much as I do agree with you, and I do I do wish that Burnley could do something like bring Ross Barkley on loan. And this, by the way, is why I was so desperate for Villa to go down last season. But I know Tom Eaton plays for him, and I don't want him to be in the championship, but I wanted them to go down because I knew they'd just go from strength to strength. They've got money and they're a big pull, so they're just going to bring players in, and now they'll be a top half Premier League side but this year or next year, and maybe challenging even for top six, top seven soon enough. Same with Leeds. We need them to go down this season, or else that's going to be the case. And then there's more clubs up there, which means there's more clubs pushed down, there's more chance of us going down. Um, and this and this is the point. You said there's a full strength side coming back, but this will happen again, and we yeah. need to be prepared for it. The point I want to make is, though, which uh, pulls uh, comes in nicely to what you were saying about loans, is our our last five loan players, right? Ooh, uh, this, uh, our last five loan players were Shalibur, Bamford, Daniel. yeah, Flanagan. I'm not going to say John and Kudu, George, and Drinkwater, Danny. Shalabar played 66 minutes overall, Bamford played 34 minutes overall, Flanagan played 359 minutes overall, and Kudu played 224 minutes overall, and Danny Drinkwater played just 59 minutes overall of Premier League football. No, that, Flan- no- that Flanagan one looks flattering, but I think most of that was in the cup game. Well, Premier League football, I think. Oh, sorry, I think Premier League. Is that all Premier League football? That is. I've got to say, the stat has been sent to me in a WhatsApp group. That's all it says. A total of seven full 90 minutes between them and what it costs on wages. I believe... That's in because Danny Drinkwater played a lot of time in that Sunderland game. So if I remember, he, he would have played more yeah, than 50. Yeah, I'm just going off my head. But the point I'm making is there with that 
what what are Chelsea going to think when they think, oh, well, they only played Chalaba for 66 minutes and Danny Drinkwater for 59 minutes. Why would we send our next good youngster uh, to Burnley? Same with Man United, Liverpool, these clubs that you're seeing in and around us, they don't have to move. Yes, I agree. We should be bringing in these loan players in. But I think with the way that Dash uses loan players, we've fucked it. And I don't think we can bring loan players in anymore. I can't see why a club would want to send somebody to us. No, I fully agree with that. I think it's a it's an investment, a loan player for the club as well as the the parent club. Um, yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's an investment mainly for them, isn't it? Because we're developing their youngsters. So now we have an academy. Is it time? Like, I, I know we've always had an academy, sort of like a category A, ca- uh, category class one, whatever, it, whatever it fucking is. Is it now time to start trusting our own youngsters more and developing our own youngsters? One nil down against Southampton. Nothing's being created. Benson, on exactly. So that it's I don't know. So uh, on the flip side of that, then if we if we can't develop our own youngsters because Dash doesn't like using loan players and doesn't like using our own youngsters, is it time we started buying people more? If that's but the then way that... doesn't like <laughs> buying people, so that's what we do. If that's the way Dash works it, then that's the way we'll do it. I don't give a shit, but we need to get bodies in. <laughs> we do need to get bodies in. We do need to get bodies in. Although I have um, to the Dale Stevens signing. That's off that. What a bargain that is. I think that's a bargain, and we'll talk more about incoming soon. I am happy Stevens is here. I thought he was quiet against Southampton. I do feel a bit sorry for him, though. He got a lot of unnecessary stick, in my opinion. He was signed the day before and put into a team where he didn't know anybody and into a team where there's no creativity in there anyway. Like the, the, Our main creative player, Dwight McNeil, it, it was, was quiet. So, like again, yeah, I, th- I think he'll come better, but... I'm hoping he's used his backup behind Westy and Brownhill personally, but we'll see how that happens. Um, he might play tonight against City. Again, we're not we're not going too much into that. Just because uh, of the way he fit in the other day, I think he might do. You know, he, hopefully, hopefully. I want him to. I want. I want to see more of him. I want him to get more minutes. I want him to get used to the way that Burnley play, and I want him to get better. Um, just before we go on to incomings and things like that, obviously, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, we are sponsored by Pitch Football. And part of what we do with Pitch Football is every week we send a video to them where we put it on their app. And that video um, is then there for you to go on to watch it. It's not only me looking angry, um, as Simon pointed out one week. Um, yeah, or, or, or stupid like that uh, or something like that. But yeah, um, it's not only me looking silly. Um, but this last week I asked you, um, not you personally, Simon, you the listeners. Um, what did I ask you now? I can't remember. Oh, yeah. What do you think of the Dale Stevens signing? So it's logged me out, unfortunately. And so normally this is a bit where I go on and, and chat about it. But um, Simon, if you can save me him and just give me your answers. I think it's a great sign, a great bit of business. I, f- I think any Premier League experience for that kind of money is, is ridiculous. It's a, it's a great, great bit of business. Um, probably getting a good few years out of him. He's a localish lad, isn't he? I think he's from Bury originally or. Bury or his Bolton, nana lives in Bury, I know that. But uh, it's the same sort of area, Bury and Bolton, isn't it? It's like Burnley and Paddy and that. So we should get him settled in pretty well uh, to the area. He's probably going to move back over that way near Horwich where that's where they seem to live from the Bolton posh parts. But yeah, he's a good player, mate. He's, uh, I'd be surprised if anyone says they're not happy with that for the money that we paid for him. I've had a few, I'll be honest, I've had a few comments on socials. Um, We've had a few comments on socials about him. Um, and because I can't log into Pitch, which is a bit of a shitter because it logged me in earlier, so I don't know why it's logged me out, I will get the, um, what's it called, the socials responses up and, uh, and go through some of the socials responses. 
Um, ah, but I'll, I'll um, so if you can save me again. Yeah, well, um, I was going to say you could have asked me next week's question. Have you got that one yet? There you go. Yeah, that's a good point. I've, I've done the video. I've not sent it in yet, however. Uh, but by the time you are listening to this, hopefully the guys at Pitch will have put it up. Um, but I have asked you guys this week whether or not, due to the start of the season, you have changed your um, sort of like predictions, your expectations for the season. Um. Yeah, I think many people will have done. Myself, personally, I thought it was going to be a, a tough old slog. Um, if you if Tarky had gone, if he still if he does go, it's still chance. If he goes, I'll I'll be surprised if we survive. If he doesn't go, I still think that aiming for that sort of tenth area is the is the ambition. Um, whether we get it or not is another thing. But no, I'm still sticking by that we should be aiming for tenth. We are first team. Yep, fair enough. I um, I don't know. I, th- I think at the start of the season, because of the stuff with Tarke, it was always a case of he has to stay for me. Like, that was the main bit of transfer. Yeah. Activity. If someone could have said, you will keep Tarke, but you won't sign anybody, I'd have said, I'll take it. I'll take it right now. He, he is he is the main part of that football team. Some people say it's Pope. I, I think it's Tarke. He, he's absolutely class. Um, so, yeah, but I think for me now, because he's staying... But the way I've seen us play so far, um, I think we'll be okay. Um, but I think we'll finish about 15th, 14th, which I think is what I said at the start of the season. So uh, on that logic, I don't think mine has changed. But we have found um, some responses to the Dale Stevens signing. I'll just read uh, a couple of them out. Uh, Jamie Herrett says, not good enough. Uh, David Henderson says, in the middle with Westwood and Brownell out wide. Uh, and then he does that emoji. So I think that means he approves. Brownell, that word. Yeah, well, I know that's a, that's something we've already spoken about, and not something that we uh, necessarily agree with. Uh, Cammy Morrison said, "Hopefully, that's just a start of some more players to come in." Yeah. Um, and uh, quite not a controversial one, but uh, Maka Beards uh, definitely wasn't um, approving of the signing. He says, "What a shite signing! Snubbed us quite a few times, and now his contract's due to expire. He feels the time is right. Thirty-one year old." What are we thinking? We always go for old ones or lower league. Unless we sign Harry Wilson, and if the loan for Sessignon is true, which I, I don't think it is true, and it's not heard anything about that since, it'll be good business for us compared to usual. But we need to start giving Dice the funds for fuck's sake. He's done the club. After all he's done for the club and stuck it out with such little as possible, he can stretch things further. So he, he, doesn't, he doesn't approve of Stevens, but if we bring them two players in, he'll think the transfer window is good. Yeah, well, for the hell, if we bring in... Shakiri and bringing all in. Well, I think the transfer window is good, but I'm still quite content with that that position. I think it's a good it's a good man to have in this squad. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apologies, I couldn't get couldn't log into pitch. I will sort it out for next week. So please do submit your answers on pitch next week, and I will read out every single answer that comes onto pitch. And I might even go back to this week's because I couldn't do it. Might probably not actually, <laughs> uh, but I'll get it sorted for next week. Uh, we're just going on nicely to what we were talking about. Then the next point I want to bring up is transfer activity. Now Tarka is staying, according to Alex James at Lanks Live. So if I've done this amazing video of talking today. I admit it's pretty good. It um, so if now Tarkid leaves, then I'm going to look stupid because of this video, but I will fully put all the blame on Alex James and send all hate Alex yeah. James. I'm like, right, Alex, this is all your fault. You told me he was staying, um, but he's staying. According to Alex James, he's staying. I trust Alex. He's a friend of the podcast. I don't think he put his neck on the line like that because he will get a lot of stick if uh, Tarky does leave now. So I, I trust him. So I think he's staying. However, so that's 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 a tick. Tarky's staying. That's a tick. 
Wilson. Now, the last I heard about this was we made a bid. The bid was £12 million, um, but Liverpool want £15 million. However, the two clubs are now in negotiations. However, it has gone a little quiet since then. It has gone a little quiet since then. So I am worried, if I'm being honest. You look fed up. It drives me insane. Well, I mean, I know millions of pounds. A million pounds is a lot of money. But it's it's things that can be earned in, in the blink of an eye at a Premier League football club. Why do we always say, a club, a club will quite openly say, listen, you can have him, but we want 15 million for him. Burnley's entered a bid, seven and a half million. Why do we do this? Who's who's charging negotiations and think, he, he needs to go back to negotiating school, mate. I'm telling is you that, now, is that a negotiating school thing? I think it's Mike Gawler. I think it's Mike Gawler can rig sat there having a let's chat. Put it, let's put it this way. If, if I, yeah, no, let's not put it that way because I might get dumped back. But uh, yeah, if if he was negotiating me, I won't, I, I'd have, yeah, no. You'd have walked out. Yeah, that's what I'm Is that what you're saying? You'd have, you'd have walked out. If he'd, if he'd have offered you, you charge what? 45 quid for an haircut? So if he'd have come into your salon and charged you and said, I'll give you 20 quid. You'd have gone, no, nah, I'm not doing it. Get out. It's basically what you're saying. Pretty much, yeah. A disclaimer, Simon doesn't charge 45 quid. I just no, did that because everyone gives him stick how expensive he is. Um, but have you, uh, the Sessignon one as well, I, that, that's yeah, one that, I, I saw it originally. I did see it originally, but I've not seen it since. So I think that one's bullshit. Um, you get a little excited when you heard it. I did, thinking it was the other I, Sessignon. I remember from the Sunderland days, but it's not him, is it? Um no. It's a good one. Christie. Christie. <laughs> Christie. Uh, again, that was one at Celtic. Apparently, yeah. we showed it in him. Some stupid Celtic fan. Absolutely moronic. Oh, these are so bitter, aren't they, Celtic fan? You'd I think of all the tests that they've had, they'd actually be quite a nice fan base, but they're not. And, and, and to be fair, I'm not going to go too deep because I think there's a, a Burnley fan who's a Celtic fan that listens to this podcast. But fuck me, why would you leave Celtic for Burnley? Embarrassing. Oh, fuck off. Because we're in the Premier League and we have more money. It's as simple as that. And we can play against bigger and better sides and stuff like that. Whereas for Celtic, you can't. It's that simple. Yes, that's Celtic. That's what we should be doing. We should be going to Celtics and Rangers yeah. and nicking their starlets because they're not going to United and Arsenal's and Paris Saint Germain's, are they? They're going to in and around their clubs that are wanting to take it to the next level. Um, yeah, there's not many clubs. I mean, Tierney went from to Arsenal, but there's not many clubs in the top sort of six that are taking gambles on Celtic and things. Yeah, I agree. Like they're playing, and sometimes they'll play in Champions League football, for example. All right, they might not yeah. get very far in Europe, Rangers and Celtic. Lol, lol, lol. Neither did we. Um, but it's it, they have the experience of playing for a bigger club. They have the experience and of the pressures. Yeah, exactly. It might be easier up there to play against Motherwell than it is to play against Newcastle, but the pressures that you get on your shoulders when you're playing for Celtic and Rangers are 10 times more than what you get for playing for Burnley. So they should come down here and be sort of like a breath of fresh air and, and be able to sort of like deal with what we do quite easily. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. However, I've not heard anything since on that one. The well, that, the uh, Rangers got Kent on the wing who used to be a Liverpool player. Uh, yeah. Liverpool let him go. Rangers signed him, and now a host of Premier League clubs are looking at him. But, but again, we're not mentioned in this pool, and it frustrates me because they're the type of players that, if you want to take it to the next level, we don't want to spend money. We want to keep it British and bloody oh, X, Y, and Z. These take a lot of boxes. So like, why don't we attack the Scottish market then? Attack the Scottish market, indeed. Is anyone else you've heard about? Because uh, Christie Wilson, Sessignon, there's been a few others there here and thereabouts, like the, the right back Marley uh, and things like that. But recently, in the last few weeks, 
since we've signed Stevens, it's in terms of incomings for me, it's gone a little quiet. I'll just quickly go on news now while you chat. I think you've got one man doing the job though, haven't they? I think he's, he's all his energy has been focused on trying to get his Tarky deal finalised or not, whichever way the mentality of the club is, I don't know. But I think they've been focusing so much on that that we've actually neglected the the other side of it. Well, media-wise, anyway. I mean, the club are quite good, aren't they? Like, we didn't hear anything about Dale Stevens, and then within 48 hours, it's gone from rumour to, to, to over the line. They're quite good at keeping it under wraps. Yep. Just but looking then, on now, um, there's not many other names, unfortunately. But that's what, what I was going to say to you. Like, the chances are... It's going to be one of them where it's just out of nowhere, comes in, sand done, holding shirt, everyone's yeah. buzzing. That's, it, that's, Drinkwater, the that's what happened last year with Danny Drinkwater. No rumours whatsoever. Next thing you know, he's here. He's done. That's it. That's the, that's the thing with Burnley. They're good at keeping it under the rats. And um, I, I do think there's got to be a couple more. They've got to be. But uh, who is the next question? You would hope so, uh, for everybody's sake. Uh, right, moving on, we will look ahead to the Newcastle game now. We are, of course, playing Newcastle United on Saturday night, again at 8pm. Um, before we get into the game, what are your thoughts on these 8pm kickoffs? Do you know I'm not arsed. I mean, people have their own reasons, their own problems with it because of work or whatever. For me, it doesn't really bother me. It doesn't impact or influence me in any way. No, fair enough. That's the end of that then. Um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> what, uh, it, what about you? I, I prefer it if we're on at half five. Yeah, so that's again, that because of work related. Now, now the Premier League is staggered because of it's all on telly. Again, it doesn't bother me. I, I, weirdly, I know a lot of people prefer three pm Saturday kickoffs. That's I'll get a lot of stick for this one, but I think that for me is the worst one because if 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 I could possibly sit at home and watch all the three o'clocks. And go on the turf, which obviously when it's not on at three o'clock, you can do that. You can so I can sit here, watch Jeff and the boys at at, at three o'clock, and then go on the turf at like at set off of the turf at, at five o'clock because I literally live around the corner, so I can literally just walk to the turf. That's buzzing for me. That's the best of both worlds. Whereas if it's Saturday three o'clock, you're just on turf and you don't get to sit down and chill out on that first. This for me is what could emphasise the EFL. This could actually benefit the EFL in the future after COVID, post-COVID. If Premier League isn't on at 3pm, but the EFL remains at 3pm, all the way from Jeff and the boys being an entertainment factor of EFL, sort of like, you know, because you put your bets on, you sit down, you watch Jeff and the boys talk about the thing, and maybe one Premier League game on at 3 o'clock, right? But then people like us might decide, actually, you know, three o'clock, I might go and watch Aki Stanley or someone you've not got a rivalry with that is in a, yeah. a decent thing. This could be things that could help the EFL after COVID. Or non-league, because personally, like, I'd probably more likely to go to Paddy or something like exactly. that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's actually that's a good, 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 um, good debate there, Sam. And I, I, I enjoy, yeah, good idea that. Um, right to, right to the Premier League. I'm sure a lot of fans are like, no, no, Premier League three o'clock, which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it's one of them, though. I think. I think if the kickoff is later as well, you, if you don't watch Jeff and the Boys, because I don't watch them every single week, sometimes I'll go miners, for example. There's more chance to get pissed. There's more chance to sit mates and stuff like that. Um, I don't. I don't like early kickoffs. Though. I don't like the early ones because it's just a mad rush in it to get up, get ready. Especially when you've been working nights or whatever day before, and then and same with you when you're you're working it morning. It's a bit of a rush to get ready. But again, yeah. people have different work hours and all that sort of thing. So, so people have their own issues. But yeah, the Newcastle game. I was talking to somebody at work again about this one. 
because we've lost the first two now, let me just look at um, Burnley's fixtures for you. So we've got Newcastle um, this weekend. Then we've got West Brom. Both of these games are away, unfortunately. And then yeah. we've got Tottenham at home. Then Chelsea at home. Then Brighton away. Then Palace at home. So I think I might be getting ahead of myself here. But I think this is now a big game because we've lost our first two games. We need to get a point on the board before before we we need to get a win before we yeah. play Tottenham. Ideally, we have four points minimum before we play Tottenham. But we need a win. If we lose these next two games and we've got Tottenham and Chelsea at all next, that's potential another two defeats. Then you're going into that Brighton game and the Palace game, which are another set of winnable games. Under Brighton massive... are on fire as well, by the way. The football they're playing. Fuck the football. Um, I'm not a fan of Brighton. I'm not a fan. No, of... I don't like Brighton, but. They do play well. They're entertaining uh, so far on the Potter, but hopefully they'll. It's one of them. Like, yeah, what sort of game management is there? Like, are you telling me a Sean, if Sean a Sean Dash team scored a penalty in the 95th minute, would they then lose that match? It's happened before. People go, oh, look at the times we played against Arsenal. But I think we are now streetwise enough to make sure that we see that out. Whereas Potter and Brighton, I think, obviously, are a different sort of thing. So yeah, the Newcastle game is is definitely the starting point of our season. Now we have to re refix it all, re sort of like plan it all. This is where we were. It didn't work. We've done new games, but players are coming back now. Let's start the season from now. That's the mentality I want players going in with. Do I think we can beat Newcastle at St James's? Just going on previous sort of memory of the game, they're always quite intense, aren't they? So. Uh, if we get four points, you mentioned it earlier, four points was exactly the thing that I had in my head. I think it should be at least a draw at Newcastle and I think we should we should be beating West Brom if we want to stay up. Uh, yeah. So that for me is, is the goal. Four points out of the next two games. If we lose these next two games, we are up shit creek without a paddle, in my opinion. These next two games, I know it's so early on in the season, just the third and fourth games, but they are massive. Because if you're going into Tottenham-Chelsea with zero points... Your chances are you're coming out of them two with zero points. And then you've got a massive game against Brighton, who, like you say, are very attacking, very going forward. So they could cut us up quite easily if we're under pressure and, and low on confidence. And you've got a massive game on to Palace. And when the pressure's on, sometimes you crumble. Yeah, true. Um, again, you, you know what Burnley like, though? We mentioned it earlier about going on a run. You get two, you get four points out of this next two games. You've got Chelsea at home. You, you, or, is it Chelsea first or Spurs? Sorry, just, uh... Uh, it's Spurs. Oh, no, Spurs. So, well, out of the way, whoever it is, you, but you're suddenly, suddenly going to that Spurs game thinking, no, we can get some here at home against Spurs. Uh, and so it's it huge sort of for the mentality of the team to get some points on the board now. Yeah, we need we need points on the board. Like you said, we need to restart the season. Um, there is no Newcastle fan on the podcast this week, but as mentioned last week, I'm going to try and do the uh, pregame show. Might not necessarily be live on Facebook, but I'm trying. I'm going to hopefully do like a premiere on Facebook, um, three, four, maybe five hours before the game um, on Sunday. Uh, sorry, Saturday. I like it. And, and then and then do it that way. Might be a premiere. Might not be live. It depends if the Newcastle lad um, or lass uh, can do it. Um, but that's pretty much it. Unless there's anything else you want to talk about. You look like you're desperate to eat your tea, though. No, sorry. It's just that the missus has put it in front of me, so it's like, well, you better eat it. Smelling it. Smelling yeah. it. Yeah. But no, no, uh, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I'm hoping for, by this point, we've gone out, we're already through to the quarterfinals uh, after oh. beating City. Um, and do we know who we've got in the quarterfinals should we beat City? Has that been done yet? No, I don't think so. No. I think uh, we'll draw so, them tomorrow as in Thursday. 
we won't talk about it too much because we might have been absolutely fascinating with that book. Exactly. You're going to look silly at this point now on Facebook, especially on Friday when the draw's been made. We're not in it. Well, hopefully we are. Um, and then, like you said, we're getting ready now to turn it to points against uh, Newcastle. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm confident. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on site. Anytime. Uh, and if you've been listening or watching, thank you for watching or listening. Uh, please keep your eyes peeled on our socials this week. Hopefully we'll have an interview with Alex James, the journalist that brought the news that Tarkovsky was staying. And hopefully we will have a Newcastle fan on, on the pre-game show, which we'll be streaming a few hours before kickoff on Saturday. So keep your eyes peeled for all that. And if you haven't already, please do join the Discord channel. We've got quite a good number in there now. It's not it's not hundreds, but you know it's, it's like a close-knit group of community, um, which is exactly the sort of feel that I want from from this sort of page in this podcast. I want I want to grow a community, and that's what we're doing. So if you're not already, and you feel like you're in the Turfcast family, and you feel like you could be missing out, please do join the Discord. If you're not already, please follow us on all the social media channels. They are underneath me on your screen now, um, and we'll see you when I interview Alex, hopefully, or if not for the pre-game show, or if you're just a podcast podcast fan. We will see you next week. Thanks. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.